Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to High Trust Coaching Live. I am Hope Foreman. I'm the Divisional President for High Trust Coaching, and I have with us today our very own CEO and founder of High Trust, Todd Duncan. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, Hope, and good morning, everybody. Good to be with you guys this fine Wednesday. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. So (laughs) I'm so excited. So today we're going to be going, we're going to be discussing principle number two of Todd's ebook, The Five Irrefutable Principles of High Performing Mortgage and and Real Estate Professionals. Um, Todd, in your first statement in principle number two, I'm just going to jump right in. So um, it says that if you own in totality principle number one, that everything can be improved. Principle number two supports the action to make principle number one work. Could you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, thanks, guys, for joining every week. And uh, every Wednesday, uh, we try to endeavor to give you ideas that will make a difference in your business and life. And uh, I think this five principles idea that we put together a couple months ago is, is really solid. So principle number one is, well, first of all, let's just start with the word irrefutable to make sure everybody understands that. Irrefutable means it cannot be challenged. It cannot be altered. It cannot be proven wrong. Irrefutable means it is right. It is truth. And it will always be truth. And so therefore, then I think the idea for mortgage and real estate professionals is to orient whatever actions they take, whatever methods they may use around the principles. The author of uh, the author of um, uh, the science of getting rich talks about the idea that there is a certain way to do things. So if everything can be improved, then your job, my job, everybody's job is to, is to decide what do I want to improve? And that could, you know, that could be a lifetime of things, right? So we want to narrow it. Like, what do I want to improve that will give me the greatest ROI for the amount of time I invest in that improvement. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the idea that God, God knows there's a million things we can all do better. Right. So it's not this overarching statement that you, you, you have 126 things that you need to improve. That's probably true. (laughs) It's probably the same for me, but we've got to really get good. I hope you know this in coaching. We try to isolate which actions and which behaviors and which habits give us the highest ROI. So here's, Here's where the the tension, and it's a positive tension, but here's where the tension begins. I'll take you back to my days as a loan officer. I remember in the first couple of months that um, I had I had a milk route, so to speak. I had 26 real estate offices that I had to call on. And I remember um, in those first couple of weeks having a lot of fear about making those calls. I was never really taught how to make those calls and never really taught what to say when I make those calls. And I, I really wasn't set up for success. Um, it was that, that sense of um, kind of, here's your desk, here's your phone. Good luck, Todd, you're on your own. That's kind of the, yes. kind of the, the deal. What I started realizing is that I had fear as I was approaching every single real estate office. So if everything can be improved, then what could be improved is the way my mind thinks in terms of when I'm approaching those offices, but also what have I done beforehand so I can take what would be a cold call until people got to know me 
and have it be a warm call so that when I approached that real estate office, it wasn't about anything except for the single individual that I had already orchestrated a meeting with. And so then when I approached, I didn't have any call reluctance whatsoever. I had call confidence. I had call excitement because I, I decided what to do, how to do it. I practiced it so I would do it. And, and I went from fear to faith. Faith is confidence in things not yet seen. Fear is that abstract, false expectations appearing real. So if we're going to improve everything, we have to have a super healthy attitude towards failure. So principle number two is success can only be built on failure. So the relationship, hope to your question, is everything in number one that you and I, uh, you guys chiming in as part of High Trust today, you want to improve, it is going to take a really healthy perspective around um, positivity, uh, replacing that word fear with a, a better acronym, which could be, you know, face everything and rise or feel excited, feeling excited and ready. Yeah. I was actually feeling excited and ready to make those calls once I knew how to make them. If I had not figured out how to replace fear with faith, I probably would have had fear for a longer period of time. Um, and the decision to not have fear meant I've got to do something differently. <clears throat> when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when we do something differently, we don't have confidence yet. And that leads to the third principle. We won't get into that today, maybe. But um, when I decide to improve something, I have to decide how to improve it. And then I have to decide how good I want to be at it before I try it. And then every time I try it, when it doesn't work, it's actually a lesson teacher. It's not a failure. And so failure and success are, you know, they're, they're right here. They're linked. You can't have one without yes. it. In fact, there's no such thing as success if there were not such a thing as failure. Yes. Exactly, Todd. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was the the, the relationship or the association that we have in our, our minds with regard to fear and failure, you know, and, and how we can be thinking about that differently or have a different perspective on it that would, would obviously be more successful and obviously service a whole lot more. Yeah. So let's see if we can see if we can kind of dance on this idea, right? Okay. okay. So the only reason success has meaning is because lack of success also has meaning. And lack of success is typically referred to as failure. Failure is not a bad thing. If you see it badly, it's a bad thing. But if you see failure as a good thing, then you will understand the relationship between failure and success. But even more deeply than that, like if there were no such thing as hot, <clears throat> there'd be no such thing as cold. You know, you, those two things have to exist for either one of them to have meaning. Loud, soft, fast, slow, right? Those are the, the relationships. And so when we, when we look at failure and success, we, we have to have an attitude that <clears throat> improving what we do is more important than how fast we get it done. And that's really the big idea. It wasn't like yeah, I, it was not like I made a bad sales call on Friday and all of a sudden Monday I made a great sales call. It was, it was a process just like any new habit. But I will tell you this, and you know at Hope leading our, our coaching company, if you don't have a healthy perspective around failure and you don't see it as a very positive force in growing success, then you won't take the risks and you won't make the attempts and you won't give it the time it needs to become a better habit. And when we get to principle three, principle three is where the X factor comes in. And if you don't, if you don't master principle two, 
you're not going to have the X factor that comes out of principle three. All of these principles are linked. Number one has to be first. Number two has to be second. Number three has to be third. Number four has to be fourth. And then number five has to be fifth. Yeah, you know, that's so powerful. And, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about, Todd, is that you discussed in principle number two that there is a certain mindset or three mindsets that a top performing real estate or mortgage professionals have. The three mindsets are failure is good, failure is positive and failure is disruptive. Can you walk us through those three mindsets, Todd? We've lost. We can't hear you. How's that? That's better. Let's yeah. keep it really. Let's keep it really simple. Okay. Um, failure is a mindset. So how is failure good? Failure is good because it teaches you that the wrong way is the right way because you'll learn a better way. That's why failure is good. So the faster we can fail, and the faster failure can be adopted as positive, the faster we can disrupt our own life in a positive way and disrupt the marketplace. If we don't see failure as healthy, we will let fear edge its way in. And what fear does hope is it pushes out courage. And so if, if, if we really understand success, success takes courage. It takes a disruptive mindset to learn how to do the things that most of the people that you would compete against, which starts with your own mind and then anybody else that might be in your market, it's disruptive when you can learn at a faster pace, you can scale at a faster pace, you can become consistent and competent at a accelerated pace. So the faster we get failure in this positivity mindset, the faster everything happens. And I think people miss that. And, and the one thing I'll say is the only time you will stop failing is when you stop trying, which is in itself a failure on its own. So there's no, you don't have a choice in this. You don't have a choice. If you've decided to be the best version of you possible, you have to embrace failure and you have to, you have to understand that it is the necessary ingredient for success. Now, stop for just a sec. <clears throat> you don't want to just fail to fail to say you failed and keep going, right? It's like if I made a bunch of sales calls and somebody told me, you know, your sales calls could be improved and I kept making them without the improvement, I would see no change. But I may not fix the sales call the first time I go out and try to do it. That's why learning and repetition and the law of the dress rehearsal and high trust is so important because the better we get at doing a thing, the easier doing that thing becomes, the more advantageous we will be in the marketplace, the more attractive we will be in the marketplace, um, the more in demand and the more confident we will be in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Everything in life is an experiment, but the key here is let's not just roll the dice. For example, if I know that failure is a healthy attitude, then I want to plug in to like this ecosystem. I want to, I want to put a question out to the 2000 people that are in high trust today. And I want to ask, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. I, I, I know I'm, I'm probably not going to do it right the first time. Does anybody else have experience with this and could you share? So when, you know, when I was learning how to fly an airplane, I, I tell this story a lot. Um, I was horrible at landing. And if you're going to be a pilot, you got to be good at landing. And it just took practice. It took practice. It took practice. It took practice. And I think it took me almost 70, 70 landings. Some were beautiful. Some were ugly. Some were um, potentially near death. But what saved the day is I had a guy next to me that knew what he was doing. 
And, and so when you have somebody that has done what you're trying to do, it's called modeling and you can model what they do and have a higher probability that what you attempt and what you try will be more successful more quickly. And that's why study and that's why getting good and understanding compounding is so important because you have every one of you, I hope every one of you watching this has access to everything you need to go to wherever you want in life and business. And I think that's the, the healthy perspective around, around failure. I have found the difference between the mega income earners and the rest is their attitude towards failure, not whether they fail or not. It's their attitude towards failure. So that's a, it's just mindset. Mindset matters. Yeah. You know, Todd, you've, you've touched on this a couple of times in, in this conversation. And I'm wondering if maybe you could talk to us a little bit more about that is when you come away from a sales, a sales meeting or, a, a, you know, a, a, let's say it's a great sales meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you mentioned that you debrief yourself. And as you go through a debrief process and with the, on the premise and everything can be improved and always, you know, always looking to, to greatness, you know, what does that conversation sound like for you? I mean, you've mentioned it a few times and, and um, I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit more about what that conversation is when you're debriefing with yourself. Well, so if, if, if everything can be improved, you never want to do one thing twice without having that conversation. It's like if landings can be improved, if sales calls can be improved, if a coaching session can be improved, if the amount of money I make per hour can be improved, then what I want is I want the delta between when I decide that I accept that principle and the time I try to improve, not be years. Uh, I'd rather have it be like an hour, like I do it. And now I debrief and I have that conversation. So mm-hmm. it always starts with positive. Positivity rules today. What did I do right? What went right? When I landed my airplane yesterday, it was a little bit pitchy. I'm going to tell you right now, it was left wheel first, (laughs) right wheel second. And I was a little crosswind crabbing down the runway. And um, and so I get off the runway. And before I even taxi to the hangar, I'm going, okay, I didn't have the crosswind lined up the right way. Um, I came in a little, little fast and I came in a little steep. And um, I I need to work on those three things next time. I got my knee pad on my knee in the cockpit and I write down the three things. And then next time when I open my knee pad, it's like, okay, let's make sure those three things next time I land are right here. And and I'll just tell you that the same is true with anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It's start with positivity. You want to anchor the things that work because those are the things that keep you going. Then the question is, um, what's one thing I could do better? And then how do I do it better? And let's get that in our head before we go about our business, because a lot of people don't stop long enough to do that analysis, Hope. And it's not like if it takes yes. it takes five minutes to do something, it doesn't take five minutes to analyze it. It, it takes like a minute. And so <laughs> what went right? What went wrong? What am I going to do differently next time? And that's yes. it. And then it's like, okay, if I just got like, if I just got like 1% better every two weeks at having conversations with borrowers, I would be 2% better every single month. I would be 24% better at the end of the year. And it didn't take this like cataclysmic, you know, stars colliding with the universe to say you've arrived. It was a process. It was a process and success is a process. I remember Zig Ziglar used to, you know, a good friend of mine, I think he's been gone probably eight years or so, but he used to say, 
um, this line used to say, prospecting is like taking a bath. If you don't do it every day, pretty soon you stink. And I, I think what success, <laughs> success what, no, it's so funny. What success is, is let's do something repeatedly, but let's not let repeatedly wrong become the habit. Let's repeat it and just have that moment. What went right? What went wrong? What changes am I going to make next time? And then next time it should be better. And the time after it should be better in just a little bit over a year can be massive improvements. But far too often we don't have that. We don't have that analysis. I want to say one more thing. And when you fail, give yourself grace. It's really oh, yes. easy to be too hard on yourself. Failure is a very good thing. Failure will expedite all of your success. So don't don't fear it. Love it. Embrace it. And um, and don't make the same mistake twice if you can avoid it. Right. <laughs> you know, thank you for that, Todd. Is when you when we fail, um, we we'll give ourselves grace because I think we have a tendency to you know to you know to bring down the hammer, right? Um, and so thank you for reminding us to, you know, to, you know, give ourselves some grace when we fail. Um, Todd, in your book, High Trust Selling, um, the law of the dress rehearsals talks about practicing or states that practicing your lines elevates the level of your performance. What does being game ready mean? Game ready is whatever is going to happen in the world in which you live. And that could be live personally, live as a business professional, live as a husband, live as a game, game ready is when the lights go on, when it's time to perform, you know and feel the confidence that you're going to be able to execute. It still doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but game ready um, says that when opportunity arises, I am ready, not the other way around. When opportunity arises, if I got to get ready, I'm going to miss. And so an example, we were in Colorado two weeks ago. We had our elite coaching uh, members there in Colorado, and you remember this, but we were talking about um, you know, the state of the real estate industry. We're talking about multiple offers. We're talking about how to get your offer recognized and how to get it accepted. And for a lot of guys and gals in elite, they were doing things that worked, but they weren't doing everything that worked. And so as a result of our time there, we did some brainstorming around a video. We did some brainstorming around, you know, how do you allow the offer to be seen in a unique and different way, perhaps even a digital kind of production and so on and so forth. And that was new for guys and gals in Elite because the business is asking us right now, there's so much business because inventory is low and we got to win the day. The time to get ready is I got to have that figured out. So what one of the guys did is he said, here's what my agent and I do. And we do it via text. We want to make the handoff between the agent and myself seamless and fast and ready to go. And so we put that whole thing together. And then I got a video this, this weekend from that guy. And he said, um, Tom Sherman said, using the video process to get our offer accepted, we've done $3 million dollars in business over the weekend. That's two days, that's $3 million in new loans over the weekend because he figured out how to do a 30 second video. And it, it was, you know, by his own, his own definition, it was a little rocky. Um, the second one was a little bit better. The third one was even better. And by the time he had done 10 videos, he thought he was pretty good at doing videos to get offers recognized. And so that's, that's kind of the process, I think. It's just game ready is, I mean, it's like, it's just go back to the airplane. I better be ready to land. 
Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I cannot not be ready to land. I cannot not be ready to make a call. I cannot not be ready to handle an objection. I cannot not be ready to handle conflict or tension. I cannot be ready um, to compete at a high level with other lenders and to, you know, make my value prop. I just game ready means you're ready and practice. I told my youngest son this. My youngest son had his first, his band had their first concert last Friday night. And, wow. um, and, I, and I told him, I said, I've been telling him since he was eight years old. <clears throat> if you practice more than you play, when you play, you will look like you've practiced. And the other way around is true, right? If you don't practice more than you play, when you play, you will look like you haven't practiced. That's game ready. That's game ready. That's, That's game it. Ready. That's it right there. And, and it's so true. And I think that, um, you know, so many, so many of us don't don't invest that time in ourselves, and that's an investment in ourselves to you know to be to be game ready. I know that when I first learned this from you, Todd, I recorded myself, and I took it very seriously. I recorded myself, I repeated it. So, and and my motivation was if somebody gave me an objection, I needed to be game ready to respond to that objection, not to cower away, not to say nothing, or not or or whatever those things were, I was going to be game ready for that objection. And if got someone threw me a new objection that I hadn't heard before that afternoon, I would write, you know, I would go into Mortgage Mastery Club and I would find scripting to, to, you know, be able to address that objection so that when that came up again, I would have something to respond to. So, um, you know, so, so, I, I so let me just, let me just in, not, in, oh yeah, go ahead, please. Let me just dive in for a sec. So, yeah. Um, self-inventory is really critical based on what Hope just said. You know, the, the idea of learning, growing and getting better and having your best version of you emerge doesn't happen because you wish it to life. It does not happen because the stars align. You get what you get because you're ready to go to the next level. And so I would just say, um, because we can always get better, principle number one, and because it requires a healthy attitude towards failure, you've got to be looking at where have I lost whatever by not being game ready. And this idea of overtraining, this idea of, of overpracticing and role playing, this idea of, of, of just even having the radar to see visually the kind of that aha moment, like, wow, that did not go like I wanted it to go. It's okay. What am I going to do differently next time? And what are the, you know, what are the ahas and what are the personal observations? And we are a human organism and we are designed for greatness. We're designed for success. We're designed to stay alive. We're designed to be above the ground. You know, we're designed for greatness. And Zig Ziglar wrote this beautiful book, Born to be Great. And uh, so, and, and I think be, the beautiful thing, Hope, is we're never done. So here's what I would do. I would say to all of you watching this, <clears throat> between now and the end of Q2, what is it that you want to get game ready for? What, where do you want to be a level 10 in the business in terms of skill sets? Where do you see that there is a, a delta between where you are and where you could be and to be okay with being a seven instead of beating yourself up because you're not a 10. Seven's a lot better than a six or a five or a four, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you're a newbie and you're a one, that's okay. It's better than zero. And you have this incredible way to go and grow. And I think people need to understand that um, we are one big experiment. 
That's all. That's all we are as humans. We, but but the the deal is insanity. That age old phrase, right? You're doing the same thing, expecting different results. We're designed to grow, and you cannot grow if you don't keep your eye on where am I not game ready? Because chances are, if I'm not game ready, there it's either I know it and I haven't gotten game ready. I know it and I'm afraid to get game ready, or I don't know it, so obviously I'm not game ready. All three of those can be changed. You can change those. Right. And, and, you know, what do I need to, and I would, I would imagine it also has to include, you know, what do I need to learn? If I, if, if I, <clears throat> if I'm game, if I'm not game ready, because I don't know what to do. Well, it's, right? it's yeah. So it's, it's, you cannot do until you learn. Yeah. Okay. So, so I can't, if I, if I have never studied how to do something, okay. Chances are, if I go out and try and do it, I'm going to fail. Like if I don't read, the basics on airplane navigation. If I don't, if I, if I don't read that and I go out and I try to navigate, I'm going to fail. But if I read that and then I go out and try to navigate that, I understand thrust, I understand drag, I understand lift, I understand weight. If I understand that, then I can go do it. But if I don't understand it, and, and so it leads to this idea that, that um, thought without action is useless Action without thought yes. is dangerous. So you got to do both of those. You got to study and then you got to practice and then you got to do. Then you got to study, practice, do, study, practice, do. And um, when I was 23 years old, um, Earl Nightingale uh, stated that one of the formulas for success was to study your art for an hour a day. And if you studied your art, your business for an hour a day, every single day, and whatever that would include, you study for an hour. In three years, you'd be in the top 10% of the industry that you're in. And I think that is like the opportunity, especially coming out of just a monster season, you know, with huge loan volumes and low interest rates. I think a lot of our skills have gotten soft and, and maybe even rusty. And we got to kind of break, break the rust off and kind of oil up some of our, some of our, you know, strategy and, and get it back kind of going. So, but it's, what's the alternative to growing is dying. Yeah. Yes. Financial absolutely. death, physical death, psychological death, marital death. I mean, you should not grow and you're dead. It's just a matter of which part goes dead first. <laughs> so absolutely. So powerful, Todd. Thank you so much. So the, the last thing I wanted to ask you is to, um, if you would, um, and this is kind of a curveball. So, but you know, oh you're, boy. you're the pro. Um, ready. How would you, how would you complete this sentence? The key to says the key to greatness is. Commitment. Commitment. Yeah, commitment. Uh, I think I think commitment goes a long way to getting you through the peaks and valleys. And I think people that aren't committed um, take shortcuts, and I think they they suffer setbacks. And um, you know, I've had a lot of setbacks in my life. I've had a lot of setbacks, and every one of them has requ required commitment. In our family, we talk about that word being grit that success requires grit. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I just did a podcast that's going out tomorrow with a friend of mine who just short of a miracle, you know, is probably going to pass away in a, in a month or two. And, um, you know, he's 46 years old, grew up in the mortgage business, followed high trust, financially free, which was a good piece of news, knowing that he was going to be battling for his life. And uh, he's been battling pancreatic cancer for six years. And, 
you know, the, the, the idea that he's still above ground, he told me the other day is I got grit. I got grit and I got motivation. I don't want to, I don't want to die. I'm prepared to die. I have no regrets, but I'm not ready. And I'm going to give it everything I can. And he's got a countdown clock because he wants to make it to Cooperstown to see his two sons play baseball in 141 days. So every day he's got to get that's grit. And that took a lifetime of development, yep. that commitment <clears throat> and that grit. Yep. Yep. And it's yep. serving him now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's wonderful. That's amazing. So for, for our coaching members, I did want to, you know, kind of just throw a little in there for those of you that are, are coaching with high trust. Thank you for being the very best, best part of high trust coaching. Um, if you are not, um, I highly encourage you to schedule a free coaching consultation, talk to one of our consultants, learn everything, coaching, everything you need to know. And so I, I, I guess the last question I'm going to ask you, Todd, is, um, what would, when you're thinking about coaching, what would be, what would be the thing that would, you know, that would motivate you to move into coaching when you first started getting coaching? Um, what, what, what is that decision that you made? Well, the, the decision that I made was I want to be my best. And, um, and, and my mentor said, if you want to be your best, you've got to invest. And um, I will tell you this right now, I've spent over a million dollars on coaching, personal coaching. I spent over a million dollars on personal coaching, and I think we've probably generated $140 million in sales. And I can tell you right now that that's because I agree and I have embraced the idea that I can't get better without somebody helping me get better. I can read, great. I can study, great. I can go to seminars, great. I can do all that. Okay, But if I don't have somebody guiding me, if I don't have somebody presenting the guardrails, if I don't have somebody giving me some boundaries, I will not be my best version of myself. And what I like to tell people is you lose more in a day than coaching costs you in a month until you have this figured out. And the ROI on coaching is superior to any other dollar you would ever invest, whether you're investing in cryptocurrency, the stock market, even if you're investing in real estate, the best investment you and I can make is an investment that we make in ourselves because we can two, three, four, five X who, who we are and what we become. I mean, we watch people right now. I talked to somebody the other day that um, is averaging three days a week, um, made shy of $5 million last year and is a loan professional that is probably in the top one quarter of 1% of professionals in terms of capacity and aptitude and, and all of that. He's been getting coached by us for 10 years. He, he's not going to stop because it works. So come join us. I mean, be part of this. It's an, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing culture in high trust coaching. I hope you've done a, a marvelous job helping people win, including our coaches who are faculty members who give you know, give their time to help people like real estate agents and, and loan officers and managers win. So you just, you got to invest in you. There's, there's no shortcut. There is no shortcut to success. No shortcut. Exactly. And, and I think that's the decision is you just kind of come to this place where you're thinking I could be right where I am now, a year from now, or I can, you know, I can do something different, engage and participate and commit to coaching and actively engage in it and be, have a completely different world. Well, the, and the thing, I think the thing that everybody understands, this is not a sales pitch. It's just, you want to be your best. The reason you're watching this is because you want to be your best. The reason why you study the, the, the business is because you want to be your best. And we're, we're never, ever done, even though we become great. I mean, our greatness fuels the next part of our vision. 
And um, I have never had a coaching call in 30 years of being coached professionally. And I've never had a coaching relationship. I go all the way back to my little league coach at age seven. I've never had a coaching relationship where I haven't learned something. And that something is big. And so there's no risk in having a free coaching call. It's 30 minutes that could change your life and change your family's life. It's simple. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, Todd. It's always yeah. so exciting to have you with us. And you will be with us every month, at least the first yeah. of the month every month. So yay. yay. <laughs> and have everyone joining us today. Have a great day. Make it a great thank week. You guys. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you. I want to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.